All right, Fellowship, this is David Wilkinson, the Director of Communications, and I'm joined by my good friend, the General. The General's in the house, Jeff Patton. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, what's up, man? That's an that's old, old name. I'm too old to be a general now. Well, I like your decor. I'm looking at the background. I see you got the right, ab- right above your head, behind you. There it is. There it yeah. is, right there. Big Tommy Gobbler overseeing all that happens in my home office. If we need evidence that you hunt turkey, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Jeff, you do a lot. You do a lot at the church. You're not just the guy on the microphone on Sunday mornings. You have a real big heart, and everyone at FBC knows Jeff's got a big heart, uh, and you're involved a lot with men's ministry and and things of that nature, but there's a particular word I want to talk with you about. Actually, I'm just going to throw it to you, and I want to hear your thoughts on it. Talk to me just briefly about the word passivity. To talk about biblical passivity, I think you got to go back to sort of God's original intent when he created man. And so when I, when I think about that, I think about Genesis 2, where God says the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So a man was created to not be passive, that there would be active work and there would be responsibility, i.e. keep, take care of something. And uh, then we were created to follow the lead of the God who created us so we could lead ourselves well, our wives well, our children well, our families well, uh, lead at our jobs and our church and in our world. That's the most satisfying way for a man to live is to not be passive and to lead well. And yet, um, and yet Genesis 3, it all came apart. So we go back to the source of passivity and, um, and, and what happened. Uh, we know that, um, uh, God comes to Adam and he says, how did you and Eve end up eating the fruit that I told you not to? And um, we got two passive responses from Adam. We got, um, uh, Adam said, I heard you coming and I was afraid and therefore I hid myself. So there's a passivity there. And then secondly, God asked Adam, who told you you were naked? And, um, and did you eat of the tree? And Adam's response is typical. This is poster board, poster child passivity. Adam's response, yeah. he blamed the woman. <laughs> he said, the woman you gave me did it. Not only did he blame the woman, he blamed God. And so mm. passivity shows itself when we fail to take responsibility for our own actions, when we actually blame others, uh, we hit eject on our responsibility to le- uh, responsibility to lead and provide, and we blame God and others and circumstances for our issues. And and in some ways, what passivity looks like then is just denial that we have that. And I think a result of that, we become very very apathetic. That's a nutshell. It, 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 in light of that, so I, I believe. Everyone in our church needs to look at passivity versus engagement really well. Not just men, but the men's ministry. There is so much in men's fraternity and and, and all things that we do with our men's ministry where we deal head on with this. 
And so I guess my question is like, what was the vision behind having a men's ministry to begin with? Yeah, I, I think uh, the men's ministry, um, the why behind the what of having a men's ministry would be the why behind the what of having any kind of ministry. And that's to change our perspective on things, to change the way we think about it, and therefore the way we live uh, in our daily lives. Paul speaks to uh, this issue in 2 Timothy 2, 3 through 7. He says, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in the civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And so um, he gives us three pictures, I think, of a man. One is a soldier, one is an athlete, and one is a, a farmer. Paul is saying the expectation of a soldier is to prepare for a grueling war. Now we're talking about a spiritual war, but he's saying, you know, civilians don't prepare to fight during wartime. Secondly, Paul uses an athlete to prepare to run this long marathon. Uh, we say it at Fellowship Bible Church um, uh, with one of our uh, values, um, a long obedience in the same direction, an endurance race. And then thirdly, Paul says, a farmer prepared to engage in the difficult work of, uh, you know, kingdom farming. So he says, these are the things men are to be about. These are the things Christ followers are to be about. But, but men have this unique, this unique a way of not doing it. Therefore, men's ministry addresses that unique way uh, of not doing it into what it what we should do. Jeff, I know you believe that men are vital to the mission of God, and I know that men's fraternity is not just something that you're involved with that impacts other men, but it's impacted you. Talk to me about the impact that men's fraternity has had upon you, because we're about to get back into that here at the end of January. Uh, we're going to be opening that back up to the men in our church uh, and their friends. Tell me why men's fraternity has been impactful to you. I was 27 and truth be known, I was living for to hear the words from my earthly father. Uh, I am proud of you. And then my dad died suddenly when I was 27. I had not gotten that affirmation. And uh, although I was growing spiritually, spiritually, I was in ministry with Campus Crusade. It was during that time where I went into a deep depression um, for six months, probably hard to get out of bed. And a friend of mine sent me the men's fraternity tapes, cassette tapes. That's how old I am <laughs> and a workbook. And I, I worked through that workbook and God brought my heart back to life. I, I, I don't know where I would be, humanly speaking, without what men's fraternity did for me and help me to understand about what it means to be a biblical man. My natural bent because of my sin is to be lazy, to be busy about things that don't matter, to indulge myself in entertainment, mm -hmm. to live for things that are aimless, to be filled with unbelief and incredible fear in this scary world. 
I need something pushing him back against that. I need something to yes. uh, instruct those things so I, I will live totally opposite of how I'm naturally bent to live. And this fraternity is the a great place to get just that. We're starting back up. Uh, I just pulled up my calendar. Friday, January 29th. And then the next Monday, uh, which is the first, you guys are going to do seven week sessions back to back, whether it's the Friday or the Monday. It can be, they go to either one of those, correct? Yes, we are. So excited, seven sessions straight in a row. We'll finish up with a huge manhood uh, ceremony. Men are to uh, start continue working on the first part of their plan. And that's going to help them walk away with something very tangible to begin to uh, live out and um, have conversations about. I love your heart so much, man. You want to do this again? Oh, yeah. Well, let's do it about turkey hunting next time. Okay, next time. I can, we can talk about how Big Tommy Boy got killed. That's a great one. All right. I was going to try to take us out with the gobbler, but I can't do it. You do it. You take us out. I can't do a gobbler, but I can do a hen. Yep, 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 yep.